Hello and welcome to this episode of Radio Free HPC. This is the show where we talk about supercomputing, high-performance computing, and other tech topics. I'm Dan Olds, joined as always by our co-hosts, Henry Newman from Seagate Government Solutions, Shaheen Khan from Orion X, and Jesse Lanham, our millennial standout co-host. Now let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Radio Free HPC. Fantastic and scintillating. In fact, potentially the most fantastic and scintillating episode we've ever had. What do you guys think out there? We've got Henry out uh, in Las Cruces and we have Shaheen down in the valley. How are you guys doing? Doing excellent. Looking forward to this super fantastic, really. It's great. This is amazing. It's a great show. It is. It we is. haven't even recorded it, and it's great. I know. I know. I'm already feeling great about it, and it's not even in the can. Truly. Imagine how great it's going to be after we do it. Uh, yeah, it's going to be super great at that point. So we don't have Jesse today because she is down at Officer Candidate School uh, for the Marines. OCS. OCS. So she's getting yelled at, polishing some boots, that typical kind of stuff. Toothbrush. Yeah, yeah, down doing a little latrine duty, all that kind of stuff. But I'm sure she'll regale us with stories when she's back after 16 short weeks. Wow. Well, I envy her. Oh, you don't either. Man, imagine just how good it would be for you to do one of those things. Yeah, I've done a little bit of that. And uh, it has served you well. Uh, Folks, we're all too old. Yeah, we are. We're way too old. Anyway. Let's do the big reveal. What we have today is the very first interview with HPC Guru. The one and only at HPC Guru. Yes. And we got him. Mm. Or her. Or her. Whatever. We have them. Or if it's an AI box. Could be an AI box. We'll find out. There's a whole Turing test going on here. Yes. And so we fired a whole bunch of questions at HPC Guru and got back some great answers. So the first question is this. We love the fact that you're anonymous. Why is it important to you to keep your identity a secret? It would not be a big deal for me if my identity were revealed. I conducted a Twitter poll on this subject in 2019 and the overwhelming majority preferred that I keep my identity a secret. I tend to agree that the mystery might be more appealing than the reality. The best way to remain anonymous as at HPC Guru is to not be an HPC Guru. (laughs) So this is a difficult question to ask as it would narrow down the list of suspects, but without giving too much away, what got you into HPC and what kept you there? Thank you, Jesse. Good question. I got into HPC working at a place that relied heavily on supercomputing. I stayed in HPC as I really enjoyed working in a field which was always at the leading edge of technology. One of the things I like is interacting with HPC vendors and understanding both their current products and their future roadmap. It is fun trying to figure out what is hype and what is real. And I had a question, and uh, what do you wish people knew about HPC Guru? It's all a secret. Thanks for your question, Shahin. There are a few things. 1. I do not consider myself an HPC guru. I chose the Twitter handle name, in a moment of rashness, 
because I wanted to tweet about HPC. 2. I am the only person who has access to this Twitter account. It is not a group of people. 3. I do have my own Twitter handle in addition to at HPC underscore guru. 4. I have been honest in my tweets about myself, with perhaps one exception, but have not gone out of the way to correct others who reached a conclusion which was not true. 5. I am not affiliated with any vendor yet. Who knows? They might offer me a job that is too good to resist. <laughs> As you spend a lot of time involved in the HPC culture both online and in person, what would you identify as some of the best characteristics of the HPC community? And what areas do you see room for improvement? HPC is exciting as we are never satisfied with what we have achieved. The transition from Terra scale to Peta scale and now to Exascale is just mind-boggling. It's like a rock climber who reaches the peak of Mount Everest and then wants to attempt another peak a thousand times higher. And then do that all over again. The HPC community is generally friendly and willing to mentor newcomers. I also like the fact that several of us are opinionated and are not shy to challenge others. In terms of room for improvement, diversity remains an issue. If you attend an HPC conference, the vast majority of attendees are male. There have been laudable efforts to increase inclusivity, like women in HPC, and the broader engagement program at SC, however there is considerable room for improvement. What were some of the hardest concepts or skills related to HPC that you had to learn, and what is your advice for people now tackling them? A HPC can be complex as it requires understanding different elements of computer architecture including processors, memory, storage, and interconnects, as well as how to design them, program them, and manage them at a massively parallel scale. I learned by reading a lot, interacting with others and learning from their experience, and by experimenting and making mistakes. I would recommend a divide-and-conquer approach. You cannot learn all these things at once and most probably will not be able to master them all. Focus on what is important to your job first and then try to widen your knowledge. Understanding concepts is more important than knowing the buzzwords. You don't want to be the person who spews out acronyms but your knowledge is superficial. The second recommendation relates to the importance of doing something with your own hands. Regardless of how much you read or listen, you will fully understand things only when you try implementing things on your own. This is true for all HPC-related activities, whether it is programming or system administration or site design. What do you want to hear discussed more at HPC, and what areas that the general public should know about? And more importantly, what areas should everyone really, really care about? Great question, Henry. Thank you. The general public tends to focus on the hardware, it is the supercomputer system that gets all the attention from the press. Putting together such massive systems is a great feat, but the real heroes of HPC are those who write, port, optimize and maintain the applications that run on these systems. Without these applications, a supercomputer is just a pile of metal, silicon, plastic, and cables. Designing and implementing these codes that can reliably run at such large scale, millions of threads, is non-trivial. What everyone should care about is that HPC is not just a niche within computing technology, supercomputing impacts all of us, 
from the design of spacecraft and airplanes to cars and consumer products, for searching for oil and gas to the design of more efficient engines, from searching for new pharmaceutical drugs to precision medicine. And to continue to develop and innovate in this field requires young people who are interested in STEM and willing to pursue education and a career in it. All right, I have another question. We're not going to let you go without getting some insight and wisdom. You are the hub of HPC information on Twitter, so you see it all. So if you had a top five list of the coolest things in HPC right now, what would they be? You know, we won't hold you to it. Uh, an instantaneous list would do. Here's my top five list of the coolest things in HPC right now. Artificial intelligence is hot and AI at scale is HPC. HPC folks, especially the vendors, are happy to ride this wave. Number two, Exascale is no longer a distant dream. With the Coral 2 awards in the US there are concrete plans with vendors and architectures in place to get us to Exascale. And who knows, the Chinese might beat the US to it. Number 3, Diversity in Processors, Gone are the days when the only decision you had to make was which Intel CPU to choose. Or which Nvidia GPU to use. It is great to see credible competition in the HPC processor market with the resurgence of AMD in both CPU and GPU, Intel jumping into the discrete GPU market, and with the introduction of ARM in HPC. I consider the ARM-based Fugaku supercomputer at Riken in Japan to be the most exciting pre-exascale system, with an all-HBM design instead of DDR memory. Number 4, there is also significant upheaval in the memory hierarchy with the introduction of stacked high bandwidth memory and slower persistent memory like 3D Crosspoint by Intel and Micron. And Number 5, Redesign of HPC storage for the Exascale era using all flash file systems and looking to ditch strict PSIX compliance. Examples include the 35PB file system with Perlmutter at NERSC, the DAOS-based system for Aurora at Argonne, and the first exabyte storage system for Frontier at ORNL. Of course, I've discussed Exascale a lot we have on the show. When do you expect the first Exascale system will be installed and run real codes? And when will it run a true Exascale application? And where will it live? In the U.S., DOE plans are for Argonne's Aurora supercomputer to be the first Exaflop system. In my opinion, we will not have broken the Exascale barrier until we exceed one Exaflops in the HPL, Linpack, benchmark used to rank the top 500 supercomputers in the world. Peak flops are meaningless, regardless of how many times HPC vendors and centers tout them. Marketing loves peak performance as the numbers are larger and it makes it easier to reach a given threshold. I am well aware of the shortcomings of using Linpack as the measure, but it is what we have used for the last 25 plus years and changing the goalposts at this time as we approach Exascale does not make sense. So if Aurora exceeds Ixaflops in HPL, I expect it to be the first Exascale system in the US. If not, it is pretty certain that Frontier at Oak Ridge will cross that threshold. The unknown is what the Chinese will do and when, or to be more precise what they will be willing to divulge given the current political situation. It is rumored that they have the fastest supercomputer in the world at present but decided not to reveal it. I do not see either Japan or Europe being the first to get to Exascale.
Sorry for a long-winded answer. I expect the first exascale system to be installed in late 2021 and run real code in 2022. I expect it to run a true exascale application in late 2022. I expect it to live in the US, in a DOE lab Argon, 70% probability, or Oak Ridge, if Argon does not make it. AI is hot and a lot of semiconductor companies are at it, so AI is like Vegas with so many chips. NVIDIA strong, AMD one Oak Ridge, so they will be around. Graphcore cut a deal with Microsoft, so that's something. FPGAs are out there and looking promising. Cerebras is special. Is it too late for all the other 50-odd AI chips? It's like running for president. If you're not in the top five, can you break through? Diversity in chips is a great thing. Competition results in better products and reduced cost for customers. You did not even include chips being developed outside the US by China, Japan, and by the European Processor Initiative. Will all of these survive? Unlikely, but they will contribute to raising the bar in terms of capabilities, performance, energy efficiency, and price-slash-performance. Yes, you can break through, even if you are not in the top five today. The tech industry is filled with examples of small companies that innovated, and made a name for themselves as they provided better value than some of the more established larger companies. Will it be easy? No. Not just for the challengers, even for the incumbents. The tech industry is brutal, one slip and you could go from being a dominant vendor to not existing tomorrow. You know, we're both old guys, we've been around this HPC community a long time, and we've seen a lot of changes. What changes do you see in HPC over the next 10 years in terms of hardware? Will we see general purpose chips driving our systems or be a collection of specialized processors? Since the probability is high that whatever I predict will be wrong, and I have been known to be wrong in the past, let me take a stab. In the next 10 years, general purpose chips will continue driving our systems. Please note that even today's general purpose chips have incorporated several specialized functions within them. Specialized processors will thrive as accelerators, but will be much better integrated, perhaps on the same module or chip. We will still be talking about the coming quantum revolution which will be predicted to change everything. Okay, so difficult question. Are there times where you wanted to hang up the handle and just quietly exit from Twitter? Yes. I have given that serious thought. I realize that this cannot go on forever and wonder what would be the right time to quit. And sometimes I think I should continue tweeting as long as I have fun doing it. Okay. Now for perhaps the toughest question. <laughs> Do you actually listen to our podcast? We have dreams that you're our 16th listener. I sure hope he's the 16th listener. Eyes. I do listen occasionally to the Radio Free HPC podcast. In particular there was this episode on October 9, 2017 where the team discussed the identity of an HPC guru. The late Rich Bruckner speculated that the Satoshi, the inventor of Bitcoin, is also known as HPC guru. Dan Olds had 99% confidence that an HPC guru was a man. And Shaheen pointed out that is how she had fooled Dan. Please let me hear that again if you can, I think your audience would enjoy it.
what we're going to insert is, as HPC Guru suggested, one of our shows, like a minute or two, where we were speculating about the identity of HPC Guru. It's kind of funny that it has Rich in it. Hmm. Well, hmm. you know, that, that, that leads into my uh, uh, catch of the week. Uh, there, there's some fellow who claims to be the Satoshi, the Satoshi that wrote the original Again? paper. Yes. <laughs> and he's being debunked by a number of people. But I think I've discovered who Satoshi is. I think it's HBC Guru. I was in. Oh, <laughs> I was just gonna say yeah. that. See, I was just see, gonna that, say and that. And that's, that's why a... he's got to stay anonymous because it's that's the other mystery a... of our age. Yes. Who is HBC Guru? That's right. That's right. It's a closed loop, and um, we may know not know the real identity anytime soon. I uh, know right one now. thing. I've been mm. in this room with him. Yeah. A couple of times because he's been live tweeting out of it. Yeah. And I do know within 99% certainty it's a man. So there okay. were no women in that conference? Well, we've, yeah. We've narrowed it down to half the planet then, Dan. We're, we have. We're, we're getting slightly closer. Rich, slightly less. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe that's how she's fooling you then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, given the amount of conferences and things we attend, particularly Rich and I. Yeah. We could use some AI and narrow it down much, much, much further to the people that are in common at those conferences. <laughs> there, are <a> group, <laughs> there, there are a group of people that have really dedicated a lot of time to this quest. And, uh, yes. I, I wish you know, I, um, I, I had a tweet one time where I said I have a wonderfully simple proof of who HPC Guru is, but this tweet doesn't have enough room. <laughs> <laughs> I occasionally listen to Radio Free HPC. Occasionally? Really? That's what, the, that's what HPC Guru said, occasionally? Yeah. What, what could he have better to do than that? How does he expect to stay up on the market and the news and views and all of that? Not really. Actually, I think, he, Dan, he probably gets better information than we do. Well, then why isn't he a guest more often? <laughs> you should set us straight. Well, we've never invited him, have we? That's true. Yes. This is this the first is time. And and he graciously accepted. Yes, but I guess he can continue to tweet some sense into us. So we have, what, 16 and a half listeners? Although we are up to 18 now, maybe that makes it 18 and a half. One of those intermittent ones. A fractional risk listener is a really difficult metric here. Yeah, but it's still telling, isn't it? Well, it is, yes. Hey, I'm happy that, that he listens to even occasionally. That's better than most people. you got to look at it in context. Now. Well, this is very true. If you only have about 18. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I didn't have to go back and edit these, I don't think I'd listen. Just, <laughs> just putting that out there. Just, just, I'd be, just being honest here. Well, I hope that this show lived up to the buildup that we gave it. Again, uh, HPC Guru breaks a decades-long silence. And who had him? We did. Good job, Dano. Thank you, HPC Guru. Thank you very much, HPC Guru. Don't be a Thank you. We really appreciate it. And um, boy, I wish you were not secret because we would send you one hell of a prize package. <laughs> and uh, I would say you're always invited to come on the show if you have something to say. Absolutely. And even if you have nothing to say, 
That's fine yeah. with us. Look at what we've been doing now for almost <laughs> 10 years. So come back soon. Come back often. And that goes for you listeners out there, too. Keep yourself safe. Keep yourself listening to us. You can get the whole back catalog out on the web at our newly revamped website, RadioFreeHPC.com. Drop us an email. What else do you have to do? Drop us an email at podcast at RadioFreeHPC.com. Or you can hit us up with Twitter, and that's just at RadioFreeHPC. Easy enough to do. We want to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon. We'll be right back at you with more content very, very shortly. Bye-bye. Boom, right? Boom. Thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Free HPC. And as a quick note, the views and opinions of Henry Newman are his and do not reflect any policy or position of Seagate Government Solutions or Seagate Technology. Thank you for listening.